The New Testament reading can be found on page 1630, and it's taken from St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word, kindness. We thank you for the way it marks and shapes our lives, and we pray as we come before you this morning and your word has been read, uh, we would be shaped by it. Amen. Um, I think I used this slide a little while ago uh, because it's one of my favorite slides uh, of kindness. It's, if those of you listening at home, um, it's a picture of an elephant sheltering a cat from the rain uh, with a big umbrella. But kindness is really important, and we are following through uh, Paul's uh, thoughts on the fruit of the Spirit. How does God uh, shape his people? What are the qualities uh, that we expect to see coming out uh, of us as we walk more deeply with God? And kindness is one of those words that's easily recognized but not necessarily easily understood. Uh, our world recognizes kindness quite readily. No, I didn't have that one in mind. Um, let's go... <laughs> Let's go back. How have we got the previous slide? Sorry. I don't know if you saw the news this week, but it made it to the 10 o'clock news. Oh, no. It made it to the 10 o'clock news uh, that a man stopped his lorry to help somebody cross the road. Now, this shouldn't be a newsworthy item at 10 o'clock. We would want it to be an everyday occurrence. Thank you very much. Well done. A small round of applause for sorting that out. Because <laughs> as you notice, I'm quite helpless here. Um, so, so this man actually stopped. Now, it should be something that we actually we recognize and is something that we do. But it made it to the news. And then it went viral across the internet. And of course, it, it, that's brilliant because it broke the trend. I don't know if you understand, and I don't really understand, and I'm sure uh, David will um, put, put me straight, or somebody will put me straight later, but there's a mathematical algorithm that drives what sorts of stories get shared across the internet, and the sad stories and the dislikes 
are more readily spread around than the likes. So in our culture, it's kind of geared towards what we don't like. So kindness kind of makes it in, in a good way. And the world basically has gone wild for it. And it's a quality that we like and enjoy and we recognize. Uh, but actually, it's a quality the church should be known for. That if what Paul says, if what he's written in the church to Galatia is right, then kindness is a quality of God that lives and dwells in his people. And it's a quality, then, the church should be known for. I'm going to tell you a secret. Every now and again, well, increasingly, when vicars go for interviews, they're being encouraged to ask this question. Is this a kind church? It's a fascinating question. I won't embarrass Sarah and Tim, uh, because there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Uh, when I interviewed here, but I'll tell you a story about another church I interviewed at a little while, a little while ago before I came here. Um, I asked this question, is this a kind church? And there was this pause. And then there was an uncomfortable pause as the pause got longer. And then the wardens looked at each other, and then they looked back at me. And then they looked at the archdeacon, who was also in the interview, and he did something with his eyes that was imperceptible, and then they looked at each other, and then they said, together, actually, in unison, it was a little creepy, it is now. <laughs> which, is, which is a little bit worrying, which is a bit worrying. And, and, and what was the, the purpose of the question is, is for the vicar to be able to say, what am I really getting into? Because that, does, that stuff is all hidden in the paperwork. But the... Um, but it was very interesting to see, to, you know, to learn about what had happened, learn about what had gone on, a little bit of their journey about what you were picking up and how they saw themselves as a result. And it's a quality uh, <laughs> vicars like and church people like and the world like. So it's something uh, that we want to um, impress upon people. It's something we want to encourage and embrace. And so thank you uh, for your very kind gift uh, towards Catherine and I. I don't think we need to ask that question again. But it's a lovely thing to do. But kindness is easily mistaken. We like kindness. There you go. We, and, you know, in any sort of form, almost. It can take the shape or form that we, we don't expect. Uh, but it's also easily mistaken for other things. And this is where perhaps we, we need, you know, all people need to rethink about this. Think about this. Um, sometimes, kindness we think about is being polite. Being polite is, is something that is kind. Is it? Hands up if anyone has ever said to you something quite rude, quite politely. <laughs> right, okay. So it's actually possible to be quite polite and actually quite unkind at the same time. And actually, although I'm not going to sort of beat up about that, being politeness, being polite is often a way of just saying, this is how we do stuff around here. If you want to get stuff done, stuff done, you need to talk like this and speak to me like this. And actually, that's culturally... That's quite, a, when you start to look at it like that, that's quite challenging, isn't it? Because suddenly you're creating a barrier that may not have been there before. Also, we might think that being kind is just about being British. Uh, John Steed. But I came across this article by The Independent about how the British communicate what we think we're saying and what principally Europeans understand us. So I've put a copy of this in the coffee lounge, uh, in the centre lounge after, so you can have a chuckle at some of them. But if a British person says this, I hear what you say, 
the person listening thinks he accepts my point of view. But what we really mean is, I'm disagreeing with you and I don't want to dis discuss it any further. I don't want to discuss it any further. If we say, with the greatest respect, <laughs> a foreign person may think that we are, say what we are saying, think he is listening to me, when actually we are saying, I think you're an idiot. I was a bit disappointed. In English, right, that means I'm really annoyed. <laughs> but foreigners might say it doesn't really matter. You must come for dinner. A foreigner thinks I will get an invitation soon. The English meaning of this phrase is it's not an invitation. <laughs> I'm just being polite. So we have a few, I mean, there's, there's dozens of these, unfortunately, which is sort of an indictment on British culture and how we sort of muddle along like this and how coded things are, I suppose. And kindness isn't coded. It's not got other reference points that you have to bring in. It should be what it is in front of you. It's, and it's deeper. Kindness is deeper than being polite and being British and being nice sometimes. It actually is not so much about what we do and what we say. In the biblical sense, it's our disposition. It's actually a, it's about how we think and how we feel and how we behave towards people. It's about what we're like in here rather than individual and particular things we do. That, in Paul's thinking, is covered by the word goodness, which we'll look at next week. Kindness is about how. We see people, how we look at them, what we see. And we learn that it is a characteristic of God. In Romans, uh, we read um, that, um, sorry, in Ephesians, we read that God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. God expressed his kindness to us in the life of Jesus Christ. That's the first bit of the Trinitarian one, if you like. Okay, That the Father exhibited what he was like through the living example of his Son, Jesus Christ. The kindness of Christ. And I don't think we could look at the story of Jesus Christ and say, he was never kind. I don't think we could. He did some challenging things. He did some stuff that makes us question some stuff. I don't think he was ever unkind. I don't think he looked at a situation and just walked away from it, not, being, not wanting to do something. So it was God's purpose to demonstrate his kindness to us through Jesus Christ. And then Paul goes on again in a different letter to the church in Rome to warn us... Uh, not to be grumpy about it, not to, not to show contempt. Because the response of people, the response of people that Paul was writing to was to show contempt to the riches of God's kindness, which was expressed in his patience and his forbearance and his tolerance because they didn't realize that God's kindness intends to lead us to repentance and salvation. The 
kindness of God leads to salvation. It's his quality towards us that draws us into a relationship with him, understanding that Christ came to save us so that he might live in us via the Holy Spirit. He indwells us and shapes us to be like him. The kindness of God, the Father, expressed in the Son, lives in us through the Spirit. And it shapes us and forms us in that likeness. It's important to God, and it should shape the way we do things, and how we treat people, and how we are. So knowing the kindness of God is the, uh, our reason for being who we are, and it's how we interact with each other, isn't it? Kindness. And, and it's important. And we're not to show contempt for it, because we should be people who have experienced it. Because we should be people who have known God's kindness towards us. Now, I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up, but we've probably all got a story where we were able to say, God was really kind to me when? I think we probably all have. Some of those examples will be quite dramatic. Some of those examples will be fairly every day. When somebody says to me, they prayed and God gave them a parking space, hallelujah, they went to God in the hope that he would be kind towards them. The question is, what did you do with that answered prayer? I'm not going to beat them up about praying about parking spaces, we probably all do it. But where do we go with it? This God's kindness. And so I just want to look at this story. My first point isn't something you want to hear 12 minutes in. But I just want to look at this story and illustrate a couple of things about um, God's kindness to us in Jesus Christ. Let's have a think. If you've got the Bible open in front of you, Zacchaeus the tax collector. It's a well-known story, although I seemingly couldn't spell it at all when I was typing up. Um, here is, here's two things, right? or three things. It encounters kindness, encounters other people's situations. We can say two things about Zacchaeus. He was quite short, the Bible tells us that, and the crowd was too big for him to see past it. He wanted to see Jesus, uh, but he couldn't because he was too short. Now, this isn't the most challenging circumstance in people's lives, is it? But it was a problem he faced. He wanted to know more, and he couldn't. It was a problem that Zacchaeus faced, and he was struggling. You know, he has to climb up a tree. And we all know that there's other stuff he's got to overcome. But we all have challenges sometimes, large and small. And sometimes they can be really small and just catch us out unawares, little things that sort of catch us out of left field because we'd forgotten that we were vulnerable. And sometimes there are issues that actually weigh us down and stop us moving forward at all. It could be a hundred different things, but what I love is that Jesus saw him. Jesus noticed. He notices the, the things that are going on in people's lives. Which means that in, amazingly, amongst all of that crowd and all of that hubbub and all of the, claim, the demands on his time for what he was saying, for what he was doing, you can imagine the people crying out, teach us, heal us, do something for us. In the middle of it all, he spots somebody climbing up a tree and says, I want to speak to this one. This one I need to talk to. He notices. And I think that's really important. Kindness notices people's situations. And he sees him and he comes into that situation to, to change him. He comes in and he says, this wonderful, wonderful thing. I must stay at your house today. I'd be terrified. Is the place clean? Is it tidy? Are they going to look at my accounts or what? You know, 
And in fact, looking at Zacchaeus' accounts would have been quite terrifying. Where did all this money come from, Zacchaeus? How did you get all this money? How did you come by all these wealthy things? Who paid for this? I'm not sure. You know, that's that's, that's Zacchaeus' story. It's not necessarily ours, is it? But how would Zacchaeus respond to that? Well, Jesus does it in such a way that he wants to be there, and Zacchaeus welcomes him into his home. Second thing about that is Jesus notices, kindness notices what's going on for people. He also isn't prepared to be barracked or pushed apart by the crowd. The Jews' instant response, or the crowd's instant response, is they grumble, they mutter in verse 7, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. And one of the things about the crowd is that they like what Jesus does, they just don't care for the company he's prepared to keep. They like the teaching, they like the things that he does, they like the things it makes them perhaps feel about themselves, but when they start to see it in action, when they actually see the rubber hitting the road, when, when what it authentically means, they've gone to, he's gone to be with a sinner. How could he? That person's awful. That's a man they would rather ignore. And I don't know if you've ever been a person who people would rather ignore. But I imagine it's really difficult. I imagine it's really hard. And Jesus is breaking that. He's breaking that little convention that says you're good enough and you're not, which is why I included politeness. Because some people aren't that polite. I remember a story about a, person, a, a, a youngster going to a church in, I think, it, let's just say London. I don't know where the, person, the pastor was from who told it. There was a little lunchtime prayer group all of them businessmen on their lunch break. And they were saying, oh, welcome, come and join us to pray. And, you know, they, they took turns in praying around the table, and there were these well-put-together prayers. And then this young lad who's going through some stuff, he just basically said, Lord, I've got lots of going on in my life, and I just want you to help me. Amen. And one of the groups said, that's not really how we pray around here. And the lad had the fortitude to say, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant, breaks it, breaks it. But Zacchaeus is one of the people that God is looking for. I think God is looking for people all the time. He sent Jesus to save the lost. And just because Zacchaeus is a tax collector doesn't prohibit him from the promises of God. This is too, is a son of Abraham. God's promises over his people. This too is a man. Today, salvation has come to his house. Jesus wants to change those things. And he's not going to be put off by what people think. And he's not going to be put off by what that person does. This person wants to know him. That's the most important thing. Third thing I want to say is that Jesus sticks with it. The the, the verb uh, to stay there isn't just like, I'm going to come and have lunch. I'm going to spend a couple of weeks with you going to almost holiday at your place it's so easy isn't it to think of kindness as a quick fix or a, you know very british there there um but actually kindness is is something that journeys with us and sometimes we get caught out some people got little things that go on all the time and people go you know what i'm going to pick you up help you get you back up on your feet dust you down and keep walking with you because it's a long-term thing it's not something that we can do one-off I think it has to be cut. It's habit forming. 
Because the kindness is something that wants to reach out God's love to a person in front of you and do the best thing you can for them. It might not be the best thing that they need, but it's something that you can do for them. And the consequence of somebody walking with him, as Jesus stayed with Zacchaeus, is he changes. He comes to a place of repentance. He says, yeah, I know I've been a terrible person, but now I know what to do about it. I know I've racked up loads of debts against the people and therefore against God, but thank you, Jesus, for coming and wiping away my debt. You've forgiven me. There's in there is this heartfelt repentance of a man who, who knew God's forgiveness and had racked up lots of evidence that he needed forgiving. And that's a lovely thought. And in fact, it shifts him so much. Under, under Old Testament law, he should only have needed to pay back a fifth extra to the debts that he owed. But he chooses to pay back an extra half on top. There's somebody who says, I just want to be right. And you know, when you do a little more, it breaks something. It breaks a habit. It breaks a way of thinking. It breaks an attitude. It's not, oh, I just need to give the 20%. It's like, I'm done with this. Here, have it. It's not me anymore. He's changed. He's been saved. Kindness is something that is part of who we are. We celebrate it. We want to, to be reminded of it. We want to be reminded of God's kindness to us. And as a church, then, how do we see ourselves? Friend and I were talking on uh, Monday, beginning of the week. What is the church? And we had, we had two competing uh, uh, views. Um, I shared this, I think, some of it on Wednesday's communion. But one view, my, I, I've, the best thing I've ever read about the church or description is, we're following Jesus and this is what we look like. I quite like that. I've held on to that. It's really important because it acknowledges we're all going through different things. We're all at different stages. Some of you being Christians longer I've been alive. Some of you are yet to make that decision. But we're, we're interested in Jesus and this is what we look like. And it acknowledges that we've, we're going to be different. But we're following. And then my friend said, yeah, I like that. And then he said this, but I look at the church of a group of people holding hands and going, look at him. Look at Jesus. And I like that picture more. I like this picture of us, the church, bound together in unity, holding on to one another, but absolutely focused on Jesus, who's helping us live day by day his ways. So are we a kind church? It's a good question. Are we kind people? Do we know God's kindness to us that led to our salvation? Do you understand? Should we hold hands if we can? I'll exempt myself. I think I'm just too far away. Heavenly Father, we thank you for one another. That the person whose hand I'm holding is part of your body, the church. That you love them. That you have filled them with your spirit. That you died for them. Just as you died for me. We pray that we would be so shaped by knowing you that we would, you would build your church here for your glory and that people would know that you are kind.
Amen.